Okay, we're going to be starting Perik Sheni and Hilchos Deos from the Rama. I'm sorry, my voice is a little scratchy. I'll do the best that I can. And the Shir is sponsored by our dear friend Sarah Bernard, in memory of her mother, Miriam Bas Velva, Neshama Shadav and Aliyah, Mechayel Lechayel. So Perik Sheni, it's on the um, you know, second page of the, of the handout on the back side. And Heshukov to everybody for coming on a snowy, icy day. Nice job. Letter Aleph. Choli Haguf. People who are sick physically. Salamim Hamar Matok Umatok Mar. They taste something bitter as being sweet, and something sweet as being bitter. The Yeshmin Hacholim Mishamis Avevitoev Lamaacholo Sheinan Ruin Lachila. And there are some people who are sick to the extent that they desire to eat things that are not ready to be eaten. They're not edible. They're not fit for human consumption. Kagon, for example, ha'ofer v'hapecham, dirt, or charcoal. V'sonei ha'ma'achalos ha'tovim, and they despise good food. Kagon ha'pas v'habosar, like bread and meat. It all depends on the extent of the illness. Of course, remember the Rambam was a doctor, so he had a lot of experience with people who were sick. So too, people who are sick in their soul. He really means what we would call a personality illness. It doesn't mean their neshama is sick. It means that their personality is has some level of dysfunction or emotional disorder, or more so, their midos are very off. So, nafshosehem cholos. Their nefesh is sick. Misavim ba'ohavim hadeyos haros. So too, they like bad midos, destructive midos. Visonim haderach hatova. And they despise and hate a good path in life. They perceive good as bad and bad as good. That's actually the way they perceive the world and their own role in it. And therefore they're lazy or not motivated to follow a good path in life because they don't see it as being good. So it's hard to conform to that which they don't even see as being good. And it is very heavy for them, this path. Very heavy. According to the degree of their illness. So there's a certain distortion of reality. Just like a person who's physically ill, and therefore there's a distortion of appetite, a person who has a distortion of reality is going to like doing harmful things and dislike doing good things. And of course, there's a spectrum here of degree, as the Rambam says. It's all according to chol yam, the degree of one's dysfunction or illness or lack of order in midos. V'chein Yeshayahu Omer. And now he quotes directly from Yeshayahu, Isaiah. And he says, Ba'anashim halolu, regarding these people. Hoi, woe is to those ha'omrim l'ratov u'latov that bad is good and good is bad. Reminds you a little bit of our society in certain ways. And samim choshech l'or or l'choshech. And they make darkness light and light darkness. 
Like here's somebody, here, here a newscaster described the conflict between mm -hmm. Israel and the Palestinians, right? See, it's an excellent example of that. They make darkness into light and light into darkness, good into bad. The victim is the aggressor, the aggressor, aggressor is the victim, all these things. Samimar la matok, matok lamar. And they take that which is bitter and make it sweet, and that which is sweet and make it bitter. Valehem ne'amar, and about these people it says, ha'ozvim orchos yosher, they leave upright paths, l'leches bedarche choshev, to walk in the ways of darkness. Umahi takonas cholei So the Rambam asked the question that we would all very much like to explore, how do you heal this? What's the tikkun for cholei nefashos, for an illness of the personality. And this does, you know, in a certain way I should really be more precise. He's not talking about mental illness now. That's, that's a medical condition that needs medicine, you know, therapy. He's talking about a midos problem. That's what he means. That things which are, are in our own hand to take care of them, to work on them, and you don't fix them, you know, by taking medicine. That's a separate thing. So the truth is, I I regret, really, that I translated as illness. I went with the literal translation. He's not talking about mentally ill people. That's a different thing that needs its own attention. He's talking about regular people who are having, who have made very bad choices in life and have a sense of distortion of reality as a result of their choices and their mitos continue to decline. Would you like a, a handout? There's one on the corner there. Please, yeah. Yeah, it's this one. Huh? We're in Perik Shani toward the, uh, the end of Os Aleph. So what should you do? Yalchu Eitzel HaChachami You should go to wise people. Shehein Rofei HaNefashos Who are the healers of human personalities. Liyirapu Chalyam And heal this illness of Midos Bideyos Shemalamdim Osan With proper attitudes And proper Midos that are being taught to them until they return them to the good path. The Ramam says, if a person recognizes that they have bad mitos, or they have a recognition, they are aware that they have bad mitos. And they don't go to Chachamim, Tamire Chachamim, to get healed and to better themselves. Aleyhem Omar Shlomo. Shlomo HaMelech said about them, Chachma Umusar Evilim Bazu. Wisdom and Musar, which is helping oneself in terms of avoda, inner avoda, fools despise them. So if a person says, yeah, I'm aware of all these things, but hey, I'm, fine. I'm good, you know, I don't need to change myself, all my bad mitos, that's just the way that I am. So that person despises wisdom and, and wisdom, growth. Yeah, please, Marlene. But you're saying it starts assuming that the person is aware. What about people who are only educated sexually and aren't thinking about Jews that aren't educated, that they don't even recognize? They want to be a good person, but they don't recognize what's missing. Right. So in, the, in that respect, it's really all about learning and teaching 
and doing the best that we can and the best that anybody can to try and being ourselves, make ourselves into better people and hopefully that will emanate outward. And by doing that, sometimes people ask a question, they see a good Mita, they see a Mita Tova, they want to know a little bit more about it. So I think it's about influence by, by being, yeah, by example. And of course we're talking about all people, not right now, we're not talking about you know, people who are not observant versus people who are. Um, everybody has problems with Mitos. People who, who are living a life of Torah and Mitzvot can have a lot of problem, problems with Mitos, otherwise we wouldn't have to do any Avodah Hashem, right? But we do. And the idea is to seek counsel from wise people to be able to try and be Misaki in them. And the Rambam, being a very wise person, is going to give us one of the pathways to try and be Misaki in our Mitos. Do you have your hand up, Rebison? Well, I have something Maybe taking the opportunity to say something I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll go on, then we'll, we'll see. <laughs> After someone to get back to that point, we'll see. Okay. Base. The Ketzad He Refuah son. What is the Refuah then? Mishahu Ba'alchema, a person who is full of anger, so that would be a bad Mita. Omrim Lo Lahan God Smo. They would say to this person, this is how you should conduct yourself. She'im hu'ka, if you have been hit by somebody physically, v'kulol, you have been cursed by somebody, lo yargish klal, get to the point where it creates no anger within you whatsoever. Now we'll talk about how do you do that, right? V'lo v'yelech bederech zu zaman maruba. And go in this path for a long period of time, until the anger is uprooted from your heart. So an angry person is teaching themselves to be not angry at all. So somebody insults them, and they have taught themselves not only not to respond, but not to, it doesn't even activate anger inside of themselves. They stay there in that extreme place, and then you have to work your way back. Or another example, Vimhoya Gavale, the person who is arrogant. Harbe. They should conduct themselves in a manner of lacking of self-respect. They should sit in very low places, lower than other people. The Yulbash Buluye and they should dress themselves in rags. Hamavazos es lovshem, clothing which embarrass the people who wear them. And do this for a long time, until the arrogance is uprooted from their house, from their heart. So they're conducting themselves in ways which are extremely low, lowly, until they've rid themselves of arrogance. And then you work your way back to the middle path, which is the good path. So the Rambam here is demonstrating what he says, famous, famous words. If you're on one extreme, it's not sufficient to go back to the middle, because the Mita has not been worked out of our system. You have to go to the other extreme, which is also not a good place to be. But that other extreme will uproot the bad mita 
and then you can go back to the middle. We'll talk about this in a minute. When you return to the middle path, the balanced path, that's the one you should walk in the rest of your life. And along this line, this discipline, you should do with all of your midos. If a person realizes that they're on one extreme, they should go to the other extreme. The Yinhog Bo Zaman Rab and stay there in a long time. Ad Bo Hatova until they can uproot it and go back to the middle good path. And as we said before, that's the middle, the middle pathway between each one. Now what I'd like to do, because we have to talk about this, it's very difficult to understand, and try and you know, bring it into our, our own lives. So, just the principle is that the Ramam is saying, if a person has a deficient mida, a bad mida, that the only way to take care of it is to uproot it and then lead yourself toward the middle. Toward the middle. The middle is where we want to be. Uh, temperate, moderate, balanced. And the very difficult part to understand is that what does he mean when he says, okay, just get to the point where you feel no anger at all. So could people like us in our times, are we capable even of doing that? I don't think so. I really don't. I'm not questioning the Rambam's words. I think he's talking about people whose emotions were much more readily malleable in earlier times. And in terms of us, to say, okay, I'm going to do this over and over and over and over again until I, I won't be angry, we're going to get angrier and angrier and angrier. And more and more frustrated. Another way the, the Ramchal says it, or the Ramchal being several hundred years after the Rama, so he's talking about different forms of arrogance, and he says you could have a person who's conducting themselves in these lowly ways and are thinking to themselves, I'm really a great person <laughs> because I'm so humble. I'm conducting myself in all that. I'm dressing in rags. I must really be an amazing person. I'm able to do this. The Ram, Ram Chal talks about so taking that path, we have to be really aware and careful regarding the Rambam's words. If we think that there is a mida within our own personality that we could do this, we'll be able to practice this, then sure. That means we have enough self-control to work our way toward one extreme to the other and then work our way back and enough mastery of our personality to be able to do that. If there is a person like that, or if there's a meter like that, that, we're all, that we all have, then yes, I would say this is something we should all try and do. But I think in terms of saying to somebody, get yourself to the point where you don't feel angry, in our times, that could be quite harmful. Because the individual would just be deluding themselves. And they're just stuffing their anger you know, deeper and deeper into their person. That's going to blow up one day. So I think we're talking about people here who have that, their emotions, as the Balatanya says, in their hands. They're able to do this work. 
I think for us, it's much more about trying to understand where our anger is coming from, what's making us upset, and in doing that to try and resolve those things internally. Is it jealousy? Is it pain? Or both? Or other things? And in doing that to try and resolve our anger. Not by simply saying, I'm not going to be angry. Now maybe the Rambam means that. Maybe he means that you get yourself to the point where the anger is uprooted through self-understanding. And by realizing that this is not worthy to be angry of, and nor does it, is it becoming for me to become angry. And through that self-understanding and work to get to that point, right, that would be something more in our lives I think we're more capable of doing. And especially the older you get and the more you understand yourself. We see the things that push our buttons and try and resolve them in our life and readjust ourselves. So I think that's more of a path that we can relate to, that it's, it's about self-understanding and then resolution based on where we're coming from and coming to knowledge of that and through that working our way to less anger and then to the moderate middle place. Okay, any thoughts or comments? Please, Marlene, yeah. Aren't there different ways of working on Yeah. Exactly. And I agree with that. There are many different ways and techniques. You know, some in the, the world of Musra and Hasidus, and some in the secular world of psychology and therapy. And some of those tool, tools are very, very helpful. And if we can find the ones that work for us, then matovu manoi. And my point is just that from the Rambam, you can't really tell, because he doesn't tell you. He says, work your way to the point where you're not feeling anger. But he doesn't say how. Now, he is going to say a little later, we may not get to it today, something similar to what Marlene said, that the way one does this is, by, is through behavior. You can almost call it behavior modification. That you, a person acts in a certain way. And as a result of acting that way, you're acting according to a good mita, and then ultimately the good mita will be formed. So I'm not having the feelings I like to have, let's say kindness or patience, but I'm acting that way. And as a result of acting that way, my personality starts to adjust to that and understand that and then becomes that. That's a little bit like the baby steps thing that you say. Right, so to speak, right? right. No. <laughs> so the idea there is that we're trying to become something and working on ourselves and that of course that's very valid and very uh, contemporary. Okay. Did you have a comment on this? Um, if you wanted, maybe wanted to say what you said before, you know. I just you were talking about you have to speak loudly because everybody's behind you. <laughs> so much work. Um, you mentioned about 
the world is, kind of the perspectives of the world we're in today and what light is dark and what's dark is light. And it's talking about anger. It seems almost like it's it's the way to be right now is to be angry. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's very angry about this and that and this righteous indignation and it's a lot of anger. And it's almost like we're living in a world right now where that is the modem operandus, that's, that's how it's just interesting observation. In particular in the political world, there's a Very tremendous amount of anger but everybody's out there. Right. Mm-hmm. Manifest and, there. Um, and I was also just thinking about, you said, the things that we call light that are dark and dark light. And I had a conversation with somebody this week, a marital situation, and at the end of the conversation, while I was speaking to you, said, yeah, that's the problem with all this equality. That's the problem with? With all this equality. Because the problem was, you know, wanting the same, what's demanded of you, you want to receive. But when really, it isn't what you necessarily want, but it's this idea of equality that we have been inculcated with in our civilization that has to be, rather than appreciating and understanding that actually as individuals and as different genders, we have different needs. And what someone else needs, we could care less about really. (laughs) And the fact that they need it is great. You can give it to them without needing it back if they're not even capable of doing it because you don't even really want it. But that, that equality has really become quite dangerous. In, in many, and I, I didn't, like that, when she said that at the end of the conversation, I, I wouldn't have said that, but when she said it, I, it just kind of jumped at me, like, yeah, equality, this whole notion of everything being equal is quite disruptive. And I think what we say is that everything should be respected. And the Torah tells us very clearly everything is not equal. People have different valuations depending on age, depending on gender, And then there's other sorts of things where people have privileges that other people don't, but that everyone should be respected is really what I think helps us to breed good meadows. But if we're looking for equality, then it's almost de facto that it's going to breed a lot of resentments and frustrations and anger, which is where I think we're at. Right, I mean, if I understand what you're saying, it creates needs within people or perceptions of needs that are not authentic to who they really are. Yeah. Makes a woman want to be a man, makes a man want to be a woman, and all the things that are, you know, extensions of that. Because I, I need to be that, but for the sake of being, to get that, in order to be equal, but really it's not about equality at all. It's creating a system where people feel that they have to have something which is not true to themselves. And it becomes so dominant that, that people can't see straight anymore when it comes to these things. I remember, I don't know when it was, 10, 15 years ago, I would think I was in an airport and I you know, walked by this row of magazines which I try very hard not to look at. Because you, you never know what's going to be on the cover. Right? They, they were not inappropriate magazines, they were just regular magazines, but still you don't know. So this one magazine caught my eye, and it was a picture of a woman bodybuilder. It's about 15 years ago. 
And it, it shocked me. Like she was on the cover, like, you know, with all of her muscles and, you know, and I was thinking, this is so strange. So strange, you know? So like, if a woman wants to be in good shape and be strong, it gives into, hey, that's fine. But that you have to be that? What's happening here? What, 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 where is that coming from? Where is that need coming from? And I, it, to me, it was just uh, so tragic that now the, a pursuit of something else which is not authentic to one's nature. And again, not that women can't be strong and in good shape, but this was much more than that. It was like a sculpt, like you see these male bodybuilders. Women has to do that too, because everything has to be equal. And there's so many other examples of, of that. And we end up you know, pursuing things that are not satisfying and distorted. Yeah. Okay, I can't, I'm sorry. I'm not even... I'm going to go with the fake it. No. no, no. <laughs> okay. We'll just get off on a tangent. Okay. Any other comments? Okay, letter Gimel. Now the Rambam just, this is a, a hard thing to understand here. The Rambam just gave two examples. And what were they? Anger and ego. Now he's going to say, and he said, you have, you have to work your way to one side and then be in the middle there. Being the middle. You have to have a little bit of these things, that's okay. There are some attitudes or midos where a person is forbidden from being in the middle path. So after all of this teaching that we need to be in the middle path, we've seen the past several weeks, but not when it comes to two of them. But you have to really go to the extreme. And what are they? One is arrogance. So the one he, Mita, he just talked about going to the other extreme and going back to the middle, he says, don't do that. What you want is to be at the extreme of humility. Because it's not, I'm going to say, the best path for a person to be simply humble and modest. But to be extremely humble. And for their spirit to be extremely humble. That's why it says by Moshe, he was extremely humble, not just humble. Therefore, the Chachamim instructed us in Pirkeyavos, we mentioned this last week. Ma'od, ma'od, have a Be extremely, extremely humble. All right, so that's one. Second one, va'od amru, shakol ha'magbiya libo, kafar be'ikra. A person who is arrogant has denied the existence of God. It's like their ego is superseding God. Shenemar, as it says, v'ram levavecha v'shochachta es Hashem alokecha. When your heart goes too high, too arrogant, you will forget Hashem. That's a pasuk in the Torah. V'odamru, and it also says, b'sham taman gasus haruah. A person who was arrogant should be excommunicated. So we would all be excommunicated, right? V'afilu miksasa, and even just a little bit of arrogance. You can't be, that means to say, you can't be amongst people with that kind of an ego. V'chein ha'ka'as mida ra'a, ki adli ma'od. 
and anger as well, which he just discussed above, but he called it chema before. And a person should distance himself from it till the other extreme and to teach oneself not to be angry even on something which is appropriate to be angry about. And if you have to bring forth some anger on your children and on your household for the sake of discipline, or on the community, if a person is a community leader, and therefore they have to show anger about certain things, and you need to be angry, so people will take a lesson and improve themselves, then you should appear like you're angry, in order to discipline people. But inside of yourself, you're settled and calm. So you're actually not feeling that sense of anger, but you know that this is something to be angry about. It's a value, and people need to see that. So the, the leader or the parent has to demonstrate anger. Like a person who's demonstrating anger, but he, internally he or she is not. Whoever becomes angry, but it really means an angry person. It doesn't mean just getting angry. It means constantly in a state of anger. It's as if one is worshipping idols. So again, they're giving force to something outside of God. A person who becomes angry, if he is wise, his wisdom will go away. And if he's a prophet, his nevuah will go away, which happened to Elisha. The Navi says he was approached by the Melech Yisrael, I think it was Yoram, who was a Balavodah Zorah, he was an idol worshiper. Elisha became very angry in that person's presence, and for that moment he lost his nevuah from that anger. And that's when he called a musician in to play nice music and restore his spirit. And then the Ruach Hashem rested upon him. And that's something I think we can all relate to. People who are angry people, their life is not life. You can see that in people who have, who have serious anger problems, they're always upset about something, always angry about something. It's not a life. Therefore, Tzifu Chachamim, the Chachamim instructed us, to conduct yourself where one has resolved, I'm going to put it in contemporary terms, resolved the issues which make them angry. Etzadik is a person who is able to withstand the insults of others and they don't insult back. They can hear personal insult directed toward them and they don't, they don't respond. They act with love and they even have joy in their affliction. I have to explain that a little bit too. 
As it says, those who are beloved to Hashem are like the sun in their strength and in their mightiness. Okay, so I'd like to talk about this a little bit and also hear some of your ideas. So first of all, I'm just going to share a thought with you. I don't know if it's correct or if it's not correct. It's just the way that I think about this. So we have this rather difficult contradiction almost in the Rambam to resolve. First he says that when it comes to anger, you, you work your way over and then get back in the middle. And the same thing with arrogance and humility. Then he says, no, no, when it comes to those two mitos, you need to be more on the extreme. Very humble and anger resolved. A lifetime of, of work. So I think perhaps this is what he means. I'm speculating that the first thing he said is step number one. That a person finds that they're an angry person or they're an arrogant person, they have some self-awareness. So step number one is to get themselves to the middle. And they do that work resolving anger issues, button-pushing issues, resolving them, a lot of inner work, and they get themselves to the middle. And they stay there for a while, like the Rambam says. And last week he taught us that that is the way of Chachma. That's a, excuse me, a wise path. The middle path is for Chachma. Now once a person is there and has lived that way, and they're in control of that middle path, then would be the time to say, you know what, I need to make myself grow more and work toward being even more to the extreme of humility and more to the, meaning having humility, and more to the extreme of not having those anger issues bother me. So to go from here to here and just stay there, the Ramana said that's not possible. That's not truly, the work is not truly done. You've got to go from here to here and then the middle and then stay there until you're solid. Then at that point, if you feel like I'm ready now, to work on myself and work, work away from the middle. In, in these two mitos, it's positive to do that. There are very humble people who work extremely hard on themselves. So that would be the time to do that. Perhaps that's one way to resolve this question in the Rama. But I wanted to make one other comment, and again, similar to what I said before. We, we mustn't, you know, understand the Rambam here in terms of denial. Like, I don't get angry. I don't, get, I, I don't get upset because the Rambam said so. Okay, I'm not going to be upset anymore. We'd be kidding ourselves. The idea is to look inside and see where that's coming from, whether it's arrogance or whether that's anger. And as a result of doing that work, to try and move ourselves over to the other direction. A person who is, I'm, I'm going to say, has a real sense of perspective about life, and about Hashem, and that Hashem runs the world, a true sense of perspective, and they've integrated that. When somebody says something negative to them, it doesn't affect them that much. I'm who I am. You can you can say what you want. It doesn't you know, doesn't doesn't bother me. So that's the way to get there. Is that sense of perspective? A person who is feeling a lot of insecurity and and anger, and jealousy, and wanting to have someone else's life, and then that person gets insulted, they're going to be very hurt very quickly. There's no perspective anymore. 
So that way of being that the Rambam is describing here in, fi- in fairly black and white, ter- white terms, there's an inner process as to how to arrive at that, and that's where we really have to pay attention. And later works in Jewish history, the works of Musa and Hasidus, are very much about the process of doing this. The Rambam has a few suggestions about the process, but not so much in detail. That, ca- that happens a few centuries later on. Yes, please. Can you define what humble means? What does it mean for a person to be humble? That's a great question. Does anybody have any thoughts on that? What does it mean to be humble? We're talking about something, do we, but do we know what we're talking about? Any thoughts? Yeah, please, Gail. Um, to me, it's sort of about recognizing Hashem as the source of everything I have and I am, rather than... Okay, so Gil is saying recognizing Hashem as the source of all that we have and all that we are, as opposed to attributing that to ourselves. I think that could lead to humility. That's not to say that a person can't be proud of the good things they've done in life. That's that's always nice to be proud of that. But ultimate attribution is to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Because that's that's one thought. Nice. Somebody else? Another thought? Robinson, yeah, please. Well, I've heard, I don't... Is that... I've heard it said about Moshe Rabbeinu, but I don't know if it's true what the source is, but that his humility was that he, he recognized, of course, his accomplishments were beyond everybody else's, but that he wasn't the only one that could have done it. And, and perhaps someone else with his abilities could have done more. I think that was how I heard it described. Again, I don't know what the source was. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, that's something to re- recognize that, you know, maybe I did a good job, but someone else might have done a better job. Maybe I, but, but in a, that has to be carefully. Right. So it doesn't become self-deprecating. Right, because we have to recognize our accomplishments mm-hmm. in order to have, you know, a sense of, of worth, mm-hmm. which is important to function. Mm-hmm. But to keep it in check and mm-hmm. to know that it's, you know, I'm not God's gift to, you know, it, that to the world. To the world. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's that balance of recognizing <laughs> <laughs> that balance of recognizing our accomplishments, mm-hmm. but recognizing that they're they're limited, and that they, it could have always, you know, it, it might have been more. And doesn't mean we can't be satisfied mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. But maybe that leads to this type of humility. Okay. And I want to respond another approach as well. It's a little bit similar to what the Rebbe saying. It's something that comes from the Balatanya. And he says that humility is a person who truly recognizes who they really are. A true, authentic recognition of self is humility. And then he says something a little, for, a little further. I'm going I'm to say it in Rabbi Tversky's language, but it comes right from the Balatanya. And he says, if we were to grasp how small we really are, we would never have any need to pretend that we're smaller. If we really know who we were, we'd have no need to make ourselves feel any smaller. So, if we think about that, a lot of humility is false humility. It's people acting 
humble, but intern internally they're not really feeling that way. But if one really starts to know themselves and you know what their gifts are, what their shortcomings are, what their talents are, and accepts that as this is the person who I am, and does not have a sense of haughtiness about them, just this is the person that Hashem made me, without that interference of ego, then that would be one way to define humility, a true understanding, a recognition of who, of who we really are. No. Yes, both. Yeah, everything. The, the, the whole person. With no need to blow ourselves up in one area, no need to make ourselves small in another area. This, this is exactly the person who I am, and I accept it. Now, we, we grow from there, but that acceptance of self has a great deal to do with humility. Then there's also acting humble. Now, uh, we all have struggles with humility. So, similar to what we said before, if somebody does something to me, and, and a humble response would be, you know, such and such, like, it's okay, I, I, I defer. Even though internally I'm not really feeling that way, but I know it's the proper thing to do. So that's a humble response, that that's also a good thing. But I, I have some insight into myself that I think I responded and I acted in the right way, but I know my heart's not there. I have, I have work to do. They called somebody in front of me. You know, they were first, I was second. How could they do that? So, but okay, I understand. I will, I will defer. Yeah, please, Rabbi. So that, uh, that what you said in, in Rabbi Tursky's language, that there's more than me. And it's also connected to what Gail said, but to me, not only Hashem, but all the other pieces, all the other parts <clears throat> that you know, yeah, you know, I could do this, and that's wonderful. Like that said, I'm a little teeny piece, as important as it is, in this vast universe of pieces. Right. That's what that's saying to me, that, mm -hmm. you know, not being so involved in our own accomplishments that we don't realize that, yes, that you're part of, you know, there's many other things out there. Many, many other things out there. Right. Yeah, it, it's like that, that journey of a person who's little, you know, and thinking that they're the center of the universe and growing up and realizing that they're not, and ultimately that there's a lot of other, other people in the world who are important as well. Some people never take that journey, though. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, what time is it? What do we got? Oh, it's 10.30? Uh, yeah. yeah? I don't know if you have my phone. Okay. Oh. <laughs> 10.27. Okay. Okay, so we'll stop there. Yeah, sure. Have a great day. You know, I want to add one thing this at then because some of this is difficult in certain ways to relate to. But the main thing I think to take away is that we have to work on ourselves. If we can't do it the way the exact way the Ramam is saying it, okay, maybe I'm not on that Madrega. But the idea that we are, we're paying attention to who we are and the mitos that we have and trying to correct them the best that we can, that's the path that we want to be on. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you. Thanks, Gail. Be careful out there. It's icy. <laughs>